like butter. Yeah, I don't know what we did different, but let's keep doing that, dude. I'm almost upset that I went through and tried to troubleshoot at one point because it just sort of adjusted itself. Fixed itself, dude. And I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the live chat, everybody. Uh, the Train Like a Ranger Live, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. So uh, if you guys don't know, I'm Daniel Burnett. This is James Tony. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Tony is a certified personal trainer. And we are both Army Ranger veterans. So uh, again, welcome to the live. A lot of you guys are familiar faces. I see a lot of familiar names. So good to see you guys. Uh, we had a little bit of a lull, but we are back. We're going to try out a new schedule and uh, and pursue the podcast as able. Yeah, it has been. Summer is uh, not easy. That is for yeah. sure. Me and you both have had a lot going on. Yeah, well, plus, yeah, we're getting ready to move, too, which is the worst. That's one yeah, thing that I hated probably most about the Army was how often you have to move all your stuff all the time. Yeah, I don't envy. Uh, I don't envy that. I'm hoping, you know, this last move we did is our last move for a long time. We did a bunch of moves, you know. So, uh, do you get any questions rolling in? By the way, um, yeah, I have one actually. Okay. Uh, Josh Nick says, "What's it like being an older guy in college, especially with your background?" What's going on, Josh? It's a good question. I can actually answer that one, too, for the little time I did spend in college before we moved out here. Uh, but I'll let you go first, Daniel, since you're currently doing the thing with the stuff and the people. Doing the thing and the stuff with what? Say it one more time. I knew, you know I I knew I he got that. 0% of that. I saw him typing. I'm sorry, Josh. I, I know this question's important. I think it's important. Okay, don't let him. You're important, Josh. Yeah. Let's hit it again, dude. Um, what, what is it like being an older guy in college, especially with your background? Um. Yeah, so there is there is challenges with that. And and it's just like being an older guy going into the military. I was actually just talking about this um because the program is uh so I'm in physical therapy school. Um the program's very difficult. Like I was just telling James, I had six exams this past week, two quizzes and five papers, right? Like it was like it's an absurd amount of work. But even still, um I managed stress very well because of my past experiences. Um don't don't do that. Don't listen to James. I manage stress very well, uh, especially as I get older. Things don't seem like as big of a deal, right? When you're young, things seem like a bigger deal for a lot of people. Um, so I see that, you know, kind of what happens in a lot of these stressful environments is people kind of get, uh, they tend to get volatile at like the, the student candidate level. And so um, I'm seeing some of that. And, uh, and so you kind of kind of got to reel some of the younger guys in. And be like, hey, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Just relax, you know. Um, so yeah, but for the most part, I I I do what I have to do. I show up. I I stay positive. I'm a pretty positive guy. I just show up, do what I got to do, and I don't get messed up, uh, mixed up in any of the the silly stuff. So yeah, for me, I just recognize that I was there for a specific purpose, and. I like I didn't really relate to the people in college a lot. You know, I was 27, 28 years old. Um, yeah. and so you don't really relate. There's not a lot you have in common with those people. Like, that's not where you're going to find your friends, especially for Danny. You know, he's married uh, with a kid. So like none of those people that he's in school with, it's going to be hard to find um, anyone to relate to. So like when I was in college, my best friend was like a 50 year old Air Force vet that was just like going to school. Like that's the guy I talked to the most because I had more in common with him, a 50 year old married Air Force vet than I did with the 18 year old college kids. Um, I just recognized I was there for a reason. Go get good grades and um, go home to my family and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And in, in a lot of these guys, uh, I've noticed like they they're conversating with each other. And one of the things that I've noticed a trend going on is they want to complain about stuff. I'm not fun to complain to. Cause, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a complainer, uh, these days. I don't like to complain. I'm like I said, I keep it pretty positive. So when guys come up, like, I'll give you an example. One guy came up to me and he was kind of talking about one of the tests and he's like, how come we got to know about oncology? He's like, you know, like, are we going to be dealing with that? And I was like, yeah, cause you're going to be dealing with that. And if you run into somebody who, you know, has an issue that's not consistent with 
you know, therapy, then that's something you need to know to recognize. And I was like saying that to him and you could tell like he was just like, all right, this isn't fun anymore. And so he went and talked to somebody else about it. So, you know, um, okay. I'll be honest though. I think that a little bit of complaining, I think is healthy. Like that's somehow sometimes how people like, that's what one of the things they said as a private, like the only right you have as a private is to complain about stuff. Like sometimes it helps you vent a little bit. And especially like, that's why one of the reasons why some of the best friends you'll meet in the army is just because like everyone's going through that same miserable time sometimes. And like, that's what bonds people the most. Um, so you'll even hear like dudes that I know weren't in the army, weren't in college. We're like, oh, I remember that one time we had to stay and cram for that test. You know what I mean? Like misery bonds people. So like, I don't think complaining's the worst thing in the world. Um, and I just think you're rude, I guess is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Could be. Um, no, but, yeah, yeah no, you right. are right. Like obviously keeping a positive mindset for stuff, but like sometimes you just want to complain about something because it frustrated you. And like sure. rather than bottle it up, you know, sitting there kind of like bitching to your buddies is, you know, a way to get that off your chest, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did get a question on my on my end here from Northwest and Vandals says, Question about protein intake. Does it matter how much I take at one time? Um, yeah, you don't want to overdo it in a sitting. Or underdo it. Yeah, so uh, I would say I actually pulled this up because I saw your question. <laughs> so so uh, according to Dr. Google, the general recommendations are to consume 30 grams of protein uh, with each meal. Let me see. Yeah, let me see if that's 30 is like the metric that you kind of shoot for. Um, it's it's what essentially like I'm not going to get super technical here, but essentially it's it helps turn your muscles on to like do prop like properly synthesize and utilize those proteins um, at about 30 grams is like the minimum that you should be taking in like one sitting. Um, but you don't want to take too much more than that. If you take too much more than that, you're going to come into the law of diminishing returns. You're not going to get as much out of it if you take too much. So it's why they tell you, especially bodybuilders and stuff, you'll see them eat like six to eight meals a day. Because they need to spread that out. You don't want to be putting everything into your body all at one time. You need to be constantly fueling it, constantly turning on at the right time to utilize all that protein and stuff. Yeah. So, for example, like our weight gain program, uh, we have a program where you eat a bunch of meals throughout the day. and it's designed like that because uh, for that purpose. And one of the big things we talk about whenever you're looking for weight gain. So if you're taking protein, I'm guessing you're looking for some weight gain. Um, so, or if you're supplementing, you know, that's the only other thing. If you're supplementing with protein, then maybe you're looking at weight loss. So it can do both. But um, weight gain, you you take in throughout the day and digestion is a huge um, focus point. So we actually... Uh, the podcast I did with Maverick, for example, that's one of the key points we had. We talked about digestion, the importance of, you know, chewing your food and all these other things like um, and even talking about some supplements to help with digestion. So in the same coin, you want to take your protein intake to where your body's going to be able to digest it. If you take in a bunch, like you said, too much, it's just going to go to waste. So uh, or get stored in places like too much calorie intake in one setting it's going to get stored more than it's going to get used so again optimizing that usage is key yeah i think i don't think i've been i think i already added my piece um but yeah real good but also i mean protein powders are good for a lot of things so like i my partner's vegetarian so i will we eat vegetarian dinners for the most part so what i do is i usually drink a protein shake with my dinner so it's all kind of happening at the same time. I'm still getting the protein. I'm still getting like the nutritious food because you don't want to just drink protein shakes all day or eat protein bars like you're not going to get everything you need. Um, but yeah, so I have to make sure I try to make sure that I hit that because our, our meals, our vegetarian ones get like usually 10 to 15. So I usually have to supplement in to get over that 30 mark or else it's really not going to be as useful for me. Yeah. Um, Charles Edwards says, hey, guys, what's going on? Um, Josh Nix, another question. Uh, any judgment from classmates or teachers, especially if they find out you were soft? Um, Josh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think 99% of the kids that I went to school with in college, and I was in the South too, a like, pretty conservative Protestant school, um, have no idea, have no concept for what I did, how I was doing it, what it meant that I was in the Army, what I did in the Army. Um, no, no concept. I had a couple of teachers ask me questions um, 
every once in a while about like a specific thing or something if, it, if they thought it would help make a point or something. But for the most part, no one cared. <laughs> it's funny because uh, most people don't know. So most people don't. I don't tell people. No. Um, so if it, if it ends up coming up, like uh, I, the only reason anybody knows is because uh, there's a group me and I got invited to it. And it was back. I haven't used group me since I was an army. Right. We use it in the army uh, on our team. So I still had that picture of me by the helicopter. So the first time I messaged, I had a picture like that, but I changed it to me and my son. But um, yeah, I don't I just don't tell people. So if it comes up, I'll talk about it gladly. But uh, for the most part, though, when it has come up, it's been a positive thing. Uh, most people respect it. And um, and especially the way that you carry yourself. Like if you're the type of vet to be in everybody's faces about it, nobody likes boasting in general. Um, so if you if you're humble, if you're like humble about it and be like, I did this and you know, if you carry yourself well and they see it, it's always a positive thing. And from my experience, so it just depends on how you present it. Yeah, that's true too. And then even when people ask, I usually say special operations and that's the extent of it. Like I don't say range regiment or exactly what I did. I'll just say, oh yeah, I served in special operations for a couple of years and some airborne units. And then I just kind of move on from it. Most people don't yeah. even know what follow-up questions to ask. So it's not really, um, but most people are, are cool with it or think it's cool or whatever. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm one of those people, like if it comes up, I don't mind talking about it at all, but it's, um, it's something where the big thing for me is all that stuff. I've, I've already proved it to myself. So I'm very content with my experiences and things. It's not something, you know, you know, the type, like some people have to like let everybody know right off the bat as part of their identity. We've talked you about that Marine, before. Is Marines. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things. A lot of soft dudes have that mindset, though, where there's kind of this. Um, that's kind of the. I, I think that's more of a soft veteran culture thing. Is they're like, yeah, that's something I did. I did cool guy stuff, and now I'm doing new things. You know, if they do move on, but uh, definitely something I'm very, very proud of, and I proved a lot to myself, and it was freaking awesome. But uh, like I said, if I'm doing new things, I I read the room. Like I, if people, if it comes up, people want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes you get a question where they're like, oh, my God, did you kill a lot of people? And it's like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You don't ask people that. <laughs> yeah, there is the weird things with uh, with the veteran culture in general, like or people when they see veterans, these expectations, these questions, things that come up in conversation. And so there's an, there's other reasons why I don't generally talk about it with just anybody. You know, I read the room. Hold on. Uh, Pat, what's up, man? So James is popping smoke. So let's see, shipping in 17 days. PT numbers are looking solid and only going to get better uh, throughout your training. So basic and pre-rest. That is awesome, man. Uh, Pat's, Pat, you've been around for a long time, dude. That's super motivating. I'm going to have to say this again when Tony gets his headphones on. So sorry, my, you need cat, to look at my cat unplugged my monitor. Well, just don't let it happen again. So Pat says he's shipping in 17 days. Go check it out on uh, on Instagram. So Pat's been around for a long time. Uh, Pat is on his path. Dude. Wait, he is this the guy that keeps bragging that he's seven feet tall? Is this yeah. Pat? Seven Honestly, foot tall, Pat's, I'm a giant. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm yep. just too tall, he says. Uh, yeah, that's true. He does do that. He does do that, dude. Um, dang. Yeah, that may, that does make me salty, dude. That makes me a little. Salty. That's awesome, though. He's well, he's like me. So, so as much as like I make fun of Pat because he he always jokes about how tall he is, it's tough. So he, his body style is, is similar to mine. He's way taller than me, but like it's hard for me to put on size. So Pat has been working through that as well. Put on like a ton, a ton of healthy, like muscular weight. Um, so that's awesome. Congratulations with option forty two. Yeah. Yeah, that is super, yeah, super motivating, dude. So glad to hear that. Um, so Bandito says, Dan feeling the new baby plus extra schooling life. Man, I, uh, yeah, I don't sleep for sure. But it is, uh, it is, it is fun. I will say, you know, the the PT school, it's been super fun. Uh, I've learned a lot already. And, um, and, you know, love my boy. So it's been, it's a blast. But yeah, I, I haven't slept in a long time. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, you, didn't do, you didn't do a question. Do you got a question? 
well, I, we got another one, dude. So, uh, Lee Gricky says, leaving for Army basic training. I got that option 40. Wish me luck. Good luck. Uh, that is super awesome, man. Glad to see you guys out there on a, on a great path. Really, it is. Uh, there is a lot of cool stuff you're going to experience. So, uh, that is super awesome, man. Um, uh, Nick says, Dan, how's the air down there? Um, <laughs> he says, love you guys. Uh, 34 minute jog tomorrow and a four mile run Sunday, or he might switch him. Yeah, it's about to pour for the next seven days where I'm at, so I probably will not be doing any running. It's entirely possible I may lose power, by the way. So, just a forewarning, guys, the storm is coming, dude. Yeah, it's gonna get back here too. I actually walked outside, and you know, when there's a big storm coming, like it's like the the world looks different. So, I like walked outside, and everything was like it had like a sepia filter, it was like that orange, like glow just all down my street i was like oh god yeah <laughs> um oh charles edward says i just turned old enough to sign a contract with the army i want to go ranger bat but i'm having trouble getting an option 40 any advice uh so charles we've actually had this problem a lot of people have had this problem i didn't i didn't even know what i was doing but um like they just ha- kind of had them when i was doing the thing especially for 13 foxes um but the way it kind of works is they just kind of have a bunch of them and they just send them out to the recruiters for them to use and then there'll be like none and then there'll be like a billion again so you just kind of have to wait it out a little bit um if it's something that you really really want to do and you have a little bit of time a little bit of cushion um to be able to wait to enlist if if you want to i would wait and just kind of keep in contact and keep talking to the recruiters and things like that. And then you'll be the first person they kind of let know when they do become available. Um, because if you can get them advocating for you a little bit, that'll help you out a ton, but really it's just kind of a waiting game. Um, they just come out from Ranger recruiting and they just send them all out at the same time. They get taken up until they're gone. And then there'll be a lull until they send more out. Uh, from what I've seen though, most of the recruiting stations have been having trouble keeping their numbers. So I would expect them to come back around quick. Um, I would too. So I would, I would think that they'll be more available pretty soon. Um, obviously, it would be dependent on MOS too. Sometimes they don't need as many infantrymen; they already have a ton, stuff like that. So plays a role as well. Yeah, and and even in this stream, you see, it's all we got several people saying they got option forties. They're shipping off. It yeah. happens all the time. And what I've seen is literally in the same time frame, I've seen people message me and say. Hey, Dan, I just got this option 40. Thank you for everything, right? That kind of message. And then in the same coin, another guy says, oh, I can't get one. My recruiter says there's none available in the same day. So you may even um, you may even go to a different recruiter and see what they say too. Just because some will pull, some know how to pull a little bit of, um, a little bit more strings, right? So some can make things happen, whereas others maybe not know, have the know-how. Um, I do think that the majority of recruiters are telling the truth with what they have, the slots that they have. Um, I know there's a stigma with recruiters. They think that just like being a salesperson, like people automatically, I've talked about this before, automatically will assume, oh, this guy's trying to get after me. And to be fair, there's some recruiters out there that probably would. But um, but I think some, most are telling the truth when they're talking about their slots and stuff. Yeah, I also don't think most recruiters are trying to lie to you. I've said this before. I think some of them just don't know what, like especially with Ranger. You know, special operations yeah. stuff, they they just don't have the information. So they think they're not lying on purpose. But some of them just like don't have that information for you. Um, so they always I, think he's trying to screw you over or he or she is trying to screw you over. I've literally become like a liaison to some recruiters, which is a, it's pretty hilarious, you know, having this thing. So historically, I've had recruiters ask me about how some things work and stuff like that, because they literally some of them literally don't know. Yeah. So um, that's what's so cool about the channel and stuff we we talk about you know the general gist of what you guys can expect so that's a big thing didn't exist before yeah and meek meek says contracts reset after physical year i'd wait so yeah i i prefer the option 40 for you guys if that's truly what you want to do have it in your contract because anything yes they do give them out maybe probably in and your other training, but I would not rely on that, right? Then you always have it in the back of your mind, like, am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? And yes, you can volunteer at a unit later, but you have to establish yourself in the unit. You have to do some time there before anybody's going to allow you to pull that kind of a of a, a packet, especially as a, at the private level. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I've said it before. If you really, really want to enlist and you don't want to wait, like, because, you know, if you're going to wait a year for an option 40, I think that that year, especially if you really want to be in the military, would be better served being in the army already. Mm-hmm. So a year doing a whatever job, wherever, is not going to be as useful to you if you want to be a career in the military than just going and doing a year in the regular army and then dropping a 4187 to get to regiment. Yep. So it just depends on where you're at. So like some people, if you have the time or you want to wait, that's fine. But if you want to enlist anyways, like instead of waiting for however long, you know, that's also a great option. Like both options have pros and cons. Yeah, we talked about the the differences between the two. We've done it in several Dan and Jay lives, like talking about how experience in the in the conventional forces does translate to, in my opinion, better leadership overall whenever you get to special operations because you understand what it's like to have people that don't necessarily like when you're in special operations everybody's climbing over each other to do well right like everybody is is uh really ambitious whereas when you're in a in conventional forces it's kind of hit or miss right like you can have a very exceptional guy and then you can have a guy who's just trying to get by right um so you got to learn how to lead at all levels like how do you how do you make somebody motivated who isn't as inclined to care whereas in special operations everybody's again really trying to be there working as hard as they can to be there so it's easier to lead people like that because they're already you know they're so motivated uh, you got one on your end we want to keep going um Zachariah, or, or and I meant to say this too on the inverse. If you sp- experience special operations first, a lot of schools in a short amount of time, a lot of schools, a lot of experience. Um, you know, and, and back when we were deploying, there was a lot of deployments, and even special operations, you're probably going to do like training deployments, trips, so you're going to travel a lot and see a bunch of different places. So you'll get a lot of experiences moving around, it's fast paced, and then you can take experiences like that to the conventional forces or elsewhere, wherever you decide to go after two. So either way you decide to do it is the right answer. That's what we've always said. Yeah. It's just two different paths. Um, Zacharias says, hey, guys, I like what you guys are doing. I'm only 16, about to turn 17. Any tips for training to become a ranger or things I can do properly to prepare for RASP? So we always say if you are, so we have this disclaimer on our website. If you're below 18, you always need to get medical clearance, check with your legal guardian. Um, and make sure that the training is right for use, right? So um, in a general terms, we do have uh, prep programs. Again, you need to get medically cleared and, and make sure that that is uh, your legal guardian is the one verifying these programs, but we do have that. Uh, but my main, my main recommendation is just to stay active, right? So um, we talk about things like PT test improvement is a good video. If you go to our YouTube, I talk about PT test improvement kind of gives you some ideas of like what kind of things you could be doing to hit the performance criteria in the military. Um, beyond that, we always advocate for weight training, resistance training, right? Um, it is the best way to build uh, a good foundation for your body. So training, lifting weights, a lot of people know it builds muscle, but uh, fun fact, builds fascia, bone, and connective tissue as a whole. So um, yeah, you're going to have a more durable body if you resistance train and weight lift. So doing that as well as for, so you, well, uh, well-rounded lifting program and, you know, focusing on the performance criteria. You got anything for that? Um, yeah. Try to start eating healthy now too. It'll just make a build up good That's habits huge. now. Um, yeah. But yeah, resistance training, yeah. sports, being active. Yeah. Two things. Cannot run the fork. Right. And, uh, I always talk about the ratio. Training is 80% nutrition, 20% training, right? That's a that's a Danielism. That is a train like a rangerism. Uh, that's not a real. St- I don't know if that's a real statistic, but I, I do. I do truly believe in that because you could train the same way, and if you change your diet, you're going to see crazy uh, dis- uh, differences. Or if you eat like trash and train the same way, you could even see like uh, you could gain more weight or you know, not be in the shape that you want to be in. So you can't have one without the other. You have to have the nutrition component. Yeah. Nutrition is, it's a huge part of everything you do. Yeah. 
Um, Josh Nick says, since you have ADHD, do you think you could have done Sockham at 18? I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD and kind of worried about passing Sockham. Well, I don't have ADHD, and I don't think I could have passed Sockham at 18. He's talking about me. So Corey has ADHD, and I have ADD. Yeah, so... um, I don't actually think ADHD is a thing anymore. They're basically the same thing. They changed it to just ADD or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's basically the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. But um, Corey did it. Great podcast to listen to is the one between me and Corey, especially the second one, because we actually talk about that. So I I don't know if that's what he's going off of. He may have heard this already, but the answer is yes. Like, you can do it. Um, Yeah, it it is harder to focus on some things. But, you know, um, the good thing about the military is, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty hands on learning a lot of the time. they, especially if you're going through yeah Sockham. you're probably gonna avoid most distractions especially at Sockham. you're not gonna really have anything to be distracted by you're gonna be just like dialed into whatever you're doing although Sockham's pretty long but yeah it's yeah. uh it does make things more challenging though we talked about that but oh, yeah, i that can imagine yeah the reference i would have um, failed it without add honestly i'm i'm not very <laughs> like science like ah that stuff would be hard for me like because they get into the weeds about stuff in Sockham and like I can do some stuff, but I just feel, I don't know. I would have been struggling at, at 19 years old after, after rasp too. going to that. I'd be like, Oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny when I sent you, I was sending me studying the other day. I had all my papers out with my skeleton, looking at my skeleton with all of the markings, dude. And he was like, Oh, gross. Um, yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. Uh, angels in the chat, dude, angel Cortez. What's up, man? He says, Show me what you pee with. Uh, OnlyFans is the next venture for sure, dude. Um, dude, we've got to have Angel back on. I actually I reached out to him. I don't know if he's still in the chat, but I reached out to him and I was like, let's do another one. And he's always down, dude. He's such a good dude. Like he's he's been since it's the first time we connected on uh, on the gram. Like he's always been down to help out. He's just that kind of person. So Daniel's really um, good about asking people to be on podcasts and then never recording them, though. So just I, I wouldn't keep you for hold your breath. <laughs> No, we're going to get everybody on, dude. We got a bunch of people that uh, that we need to get on. So starting next week, I want to line somebody up. So we're going to we're going to make it happen. Um, oh, also, Angel, if you're still in here, dude, I got your got your OG pumpkin shorts. Great. I actually got to I got to put up a picture. I took a picture for it. So I got the shorts and the uh, the Dragon Ball Z rash guard. Dude, I wear it all the time. It's awesome. Good quality Just around the house. Um, what is it? You just wear it around the house, though. I do. Yeah. That's Go to the store with it, dude. Um, let's see. D's nutty. <laughs> uh, it's a great, it's a great uh, IG handle. Dude. He says, hey, I'm rocking the OG pumpkin right now. Oh, you got one on your end, Tony? Still. I do. Um, EM says, would you guys uh, re-enlist for Ranger School? I don't really exactly know what that means, EM. Are you, are you asking, if I was in like the regular army, would I use that as like an, a re-enlistment thing, school to get? Then yeah, probably if I really wanted to do Ranger School in a normal army unit. Um, ideally, though, if you go into a regiment with an option 40, um, you should be going to get an option to go to ranger school before your first contract is up either way. Um, so yeah, if you have like a clarification for that question though, I would love to hear it. Cause I'm just not sure where we're at with that, but he has another one that says, were you, uh, were you guys able to maintain fitness when deployed? Yes. A oh, lot, for a sure. Lot dude. A lot of, yeah. Cause, dude. Yeah. Um, I know early in the war, it was kind of rock and roll where they were doing like two, sometimes even three missions a day. Um, But, you know, whenever I was there as a collective, you know, my first deployment, we ran like 35 missions over the course of, uh, what was it? You know, a couple months, so about four months or so. Um, It wasn't wasn't like we were going out every night. Things had kind of slowed down. So there was a lot of lull. I worked out two, sometimes even three times a day, just out of just out of boredom. I like read so many books, played a lot of video games. Like it was actually it was almost like a vacation in some ways, you know, from the from the garrison life. 
Um, yeah, we did. I mean, I came back in great shape. Um, I, but you I don't also, drink either. So you don't, yeah, you you don't, don't drink. drink. You eat pretty clean. Um, and. And we yeah. had myoplexes on the ready too. So yeah, they yeah. Had like we, had, we had we uh, had metrics nice too, shape. metrics powder out there, yeah. like the little. Uh, oh, there are, there are rippets though. That's will get you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was real bad about those. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, I lifted a ton. Um, I got that was probably where I got like the strongest. Um, yeah. When yeah. I was like coming up, at, you know, at at twenty when I was deployed was probably where I I became the strongest that I had been. Um. And that's why I really learned how to lift too. Cause like some of those infantry dudes that I was like with, like those like squad leaders and stuff, those dudes, a lot of those dudes are just massive humans that have been lifting hard for a while. So like that really helped me learning from some of those dudes, like what was good to do, what wasn't good to do. Um, so I got really, yeah, between that and same with you, we did, uh, you know, probably about 35, 40 missions over the course of the four months. So I brought my Xbox. We used to have fight night tournaments. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a great game, dude. Yeah. That is a great so game. So we would all make I bought that game again, dude. Every we all up. made it made ourselves in fight night, and then we would have fight night tournaments in, in our uh, um, in our tent. Yeah, that is a great um, game, dude. We actually had to steal a TV though, uh, from like the the control center, I'll call it. Like we had to steal a TV because there's so me and me and two other privates had to like sneak in there and like steal dude, so- a TV and bring it to our tent. <laughs> I bought a TV over there from, from one of the uh, little shops. And uh, yeah, our, our, um, uh, our sergeant got mad, right? I'll talk, refer to him as our, I get, I get, can I say the acronym? I don't know. Is that, is that okay if I said that? FSNCO? Okay. I, I guess yeah. we did it. But okay. I get weird about stuff. Like sometimes I'm, too, yeah. But yeah. um, anyways. It it's just a, very common. Uh, I'm always, sometimes I'm like, that's like that would up. be like I saying I couldn't say squad leader or team leader yeah, or platoon sergeant. Just, just random paranoid dude. But, but uh, yeah, so I bought a TV and he got he got really upset about that. Right? So why are you wasting my money? It was like three hundred dollars worth it, dude. So worth it. I would do that a thousand times over. Yeah. Like it made the whole because no nobody else in our little um what we call those rooms. Drawing a blank, but I don't know. I so I can't remember where you were. Um, I was in a tent. Salerno. I was in Salerno. Yeah. So yeah. we had those um those like thrown up. Uh, damn, I can't remember the names. I used to know, but we had those rooms, right? And they were sectioned off by plywood. And okay. So, there so was, you had the same like the hooches. Yeah, the same thing that yeah, I had. Hooch. God. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. Okay. That's what I said. I didn't know what yours looked like. I had hooches as well. Yeah. 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 So basically, it got six sections in there so there's probably and there's two adults to each so we had like it wasn't completely full because the team leaders had their own like we had the mortar team leaders in there i so, had my own um, as well yeah so there's t- about 10 people in there i think um we had i think we just had five so just for you guys listening so a hooch essentially is a seven people we it's a, it's like a halfway between a tent and like a building so like it's it's a tent, but it has like a wooden kind of like base built up off to the off the ground. So like the floor is there. It's not the ground, but it's like a wooden base up off the ground for when it rains and stuff. We had an AC like duct that just like one of those long extendable things came inside of it, pumped cold air in. And then we had um, like bunk beds and like these like plywood essentially separated us between the room and the room next to us. Um like not really. I don't even. I think we. I actually had a door on mine too. That was like sort of a door of like bungee cords and stuff. Um, they're actually not so bad. That's may I. They sounded bad when I described them, but they're not so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. Is it was some good times in there too? Because the, the the plywood. Uh, we would always harass. Uh, I'll use this person name, Peter. We'd always harass Peter. Poor guy. He was. He was this. Uh, poor guy. He was this older guy and uh, he was an old guy. Yeah, he wasn't just older. We, he was an old guy. And he was with us, you know, crazy 19, 20 year olds. Right. And we we gave him such a hard time. Um, so that was really fun. But. Uh, yeah, we built yeah, a couch. We too. Yeah, yeah. So you'll learn how to build all sorts of stuff. Like I built a shelving system out of uh, yeah. one time I built it out. of. This was in Korea. I built it out of cardboard and duct tape. 
My buddy was like, what are you doing with you all that? build duct tape? anything. That's not building. We're not calling that building. I'm calling no, that. Dude, right. I'm striking that from it's the record. Art, dude. It's art. Um, but it, they used to joke how I can make it, everything with duct tape, dude. Duct tape is, uh, is the move, dude. That is the move of the South. That's what, I've lear- that's what I've learned from my time in the South. How to build things out of duct tape. So don't sleep on duct tape, dude. Uh, all right. I'm not, these Instagram guys are like uh building up over here consistent shooting says what's that most amount of push-ups you have to do at rasp the most dude do the most all of them all of them all of them i don't even Chris, know dude. i'm just thinking of some days where i just felt like my arms were gonna come off hey you guys need to go follow uh consistent shooting by the way that's it that's uh chris uh i took a shooting course with chris he's a great uh marksman he is Great instructor, so y'all gotta go check him out. He puts out good, good posts too. But a dude can, he can shoot really well. Um, great dude. Let's see, these, these nutty says, what, what about volunteering for RASP at OSET? Is that reliable? Yeah, eh, probably. You know, it's like one of those things where I said you can't ever. You can't ever bank on it. That's the only thing I don't like about it. But a lot of people do. A lot of people have and a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, we were so uh, Daniel and I were in basic together. Going into AIT, there was three of us that had option 40 contracts. Um, I think. By the time we did airborne pre-RASP and then RASP, I think from our class alone, there was like well, probably like six other people that had volunteered there um, at AIT and, and were ended up going to RASP. Um, now, like two or three of them quit boarding the bus to go over to pre-RASP. And then um, I feel like the other three made it, but I can't remember. But yeah, um, they are. You, you do have there. It is an option. Um, and like I said, if if you don't want to wait, um, your time would be better served if you want to have a career in the army. If you're already in the army, um, putting some of that time in. If you don't want to wait a year or two, you know, for your exact MOS with an option forty, because you just don't know how many people are are looking for that exact thing. Especially if you're like at eleven Bravo, uh, any of the combat MOSs, like those go really really quick. Um, so sometimes people will be waiting for like a long time. Um, so it just depends. Yeah. And please, uh, if you guys are looking for the option 40, please make sure you pick an MOS that is consistent with option 40 contracts. I can't tell you in the beginning, I think I have, I think I have solely, um, uh, train like a ranger has solely stopped this, uh, this, this trend of people going in expecting to pick up an option 40 and they don't have the right MOS for it. Yes. Yeah, so I've told a couple of calf scouts, like, sorry, man, they don't take calf scouts. Yeah. So, somebody had to do it, dude. Somebody had to do it, dude. I'm glad to do it. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, D's says, if you have an option, it's going to make me laugh every time. If you have an uh, 11X option 40, do you know what could cause you to be selected as 11C versus 11B, or is it random? Luck. Completely random, dude. <laughs> yeah, luck is completely random. He did a podcast with a mortarman, talked about how he got selected. They literally came up, said, okay, this, this side of the room, 11Bs. This side of the room, 11Cs. They didn't look at anything else. They don't care. Right. Nope. A lot of times it's it's like that. It's just you're this, you're that. It has nothing to do with who you are, what your credentials are. And we talk about it like um, don't be so scared of I know a lot of dudes are shooting for the 11 B, but don't be don't worry about being 11 C. It's, it's super awesome. Um, so both are good paths. Yeah. And then, yeah. And obviously we're 30 Foxes, but like I still have like I'm, you know, still friends with yeah, Finley, who I did the podcast with is a mortarman still in the military. But even a, a buddy of mine also is a really good buddy of mine is a was a mortarman. Um, so like they also, you know. Like you do cool stuff as a mortar, I like don't want it. I know everyone's like, oh, do I get to be, you know, on the front of the stack? No, but you're like 100 feet away just with a much bigger gun. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we we really like mortars too because we worked 
a lot with mortars yeah right so those guys were our buddies and we hung out with them and um and they're they're just infantrymen with mortar systems is well, what it is i kind of think about it like this too because people are like well what i'm i'm not gonna be on the stack in the door like weapon squad's not on the stack in the door but like you don't think they're not doing something cool right when they're laid up with their 240s like that's still cool yeah. so just do that but with a tiny bomb right (laughs) (laughs) um josh says how often did you guys rock ranger panties as privates i'd never take them off if i make it in um i didn't wear i actually wore my um pt shorts a lot in the barracks but on deployment i was either in like my ocps or ranger panties in a t-shirt yeah um or if i had to go I wore it out I, I used to wear it out yeah or what yeah well don't do that though <laughs> i didn't wear like the whole pt thing but i wore the shorts yeah still uh, though i don't think maybe for the know. beach i'll allow but listen okay we'll, we'll talk dude, about I just this watched, dude. Okay, but I daniel just has watched. zero style I daniel has good, no dude. style dude, do I, not wear I, your army stuff out do not anything that you get for the army please for the love of god do not wear those things away from the army like do, wear please your don't dog do tags it. outside your shirt dude let them know flex you earned dude, it dude like the belts the boots like just don't wear those with your clothes outside dude, wear the boots wear the dog tags outside the shirt high and tight dude let them know dude you earned it, but don't. Yeah, don't. please don't do that. <laughs> oh man! Actually, I got a funny story. There was a guy at uh at the beach one time. I really need to turn the AC on in here. I'm like getting shinier as uh this is going on. I think I've told you guys before, but this room is not uh, insulated for anything. But there's an AC unit. I forgot to cut it on. But uh, I'm getting sweatier as we go. Anyways, Remember speaking of us, like complaining a little earlier. Um, yeah, you're right, dude. You copy, you copy. But uh, yeah, so at the beach, there was a guy who was telling everybody he was a ranger, right? Um, and a long story short, this guy almost got beat up. I like had to intervene. Uh, but he had a high and tight. He had the dog tags around his neck, right? And he had an airborne shirt on. <laughs> we were like, no, you're not, dude. <laughs> yeah. I said, dude, if you're trying to pick up girls with that, I was like, you need to go way down the other way. I was like, because everybody out here, like half these people, probably rangers, dude. Half these dudes out here, probably rangers. It's not going to work here. Um, all right. Josh Nick says, BTW, I was quite overweight when I started your program, and now I'm down 20 pounds, and I'm starting to see striations and muscles I barely knew I had. Josh, that's awesome. Um, that's really good to hear. And like you said, Keep at it. I mean, like once you kind of get into it too, like it starts coming quicker and quicker. It's awesome. Yeah. You got questions? Uh, I got I got questions directly, so I'm gonna look at these. Uh, you what? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one because we've talked about this before. Will either of you ever go back into the army? Um, the answer for me is no. Once I moved on, I was ready to move on, and um, I'm on to new things, new paths. I did think about originally when I got out, my original plan was to actually become a physical therapist. And then I thought about going back in, but no, it'd have been out. Like I'd probably go open my own clinic and things if, you know, uh, Lord willing, everything works out and, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's my goal. I, I, I don't really have any aspirations to go back in personally. I just feel like you slipped into like a Texas accent when you said Lord willing. You don't usually, <laughs> but like when you said that specific <laughs> phrase, I heard it. I could hear it. Um, for me, though, you, um, you can no, I, I wouldn't. Uh, just personally, I mean, I did seven years in, so Daniel only did one contract. Um, I did a little bit more than that. But personally, no, I, I wouldn't go back in. Uh, just my priorities have changed. It would take something huge for me to um, drop my medical discharge and go back in. Um, so essentially, like, unless World War Three starts, I'm not going to go back into the military. Um, yeah, just my priorities have changed. Um, it's really simple as that. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy my time or anything like that, but it would take something big to, to get me to join back up. 
I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't drown out. If if humming comes in on the audio, you guys let me know. The AC just sounded like a freaking jet engine turning on, dude. Um, yeah, right. I think it's, it should be fine. Um, oh, so EN says, I meant would you guys re-enlist extend from the regular army for your unit? Wait, what is it? To get a regular laughing, school slot. I was laughing at D's. D says something funny. So, <laughs> yeah, EM was saying, as a, essentially, if you couldn't get a ranger school slot, re-enlisting for your unit to get that school slot in your re-enlistment papers to guarantee a slot. Um, yeah, EM, if you really, really want to get a ranger school and you can't get a slot it's, and you want to stay in the military, doing that wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, and if you, you want to get a ranger school that badly, that's a way to guarantee you get a chance to go. And then also you can do, if you were looking to go to regiment afterwards or whatever, you can just do a 4187. Um, it's a volunteer thing. Even if you re-enlisted for that unit, you can still drop a 4187 and go somewhere else. Yep. Yep. You have another question. Uh, that made you he, and D says, for real, my car, he, he's, this is back to my uh, duct tape thing. He said, for real, my car is 50% duct tape and zip ties. <laughs> nice. He's come, he's combating the it's inflation. Dude. He's, he's problem solving. Don't move to New York because they do state inspections. <laughs> yeah. Um how long do the warrior program workouts take? It depends on what tier you're in. If you're in tier three, some of those workouts are two and a half hours, right? Carve out a whole Probably. day. Just carve. <laughs> two and a half hours for tier three, but tier one, you can get through tier one probably an hour and a half. Mm, you can do them pretty quick, depending on like how accessible the uh machines and the weights and stuff are. Um, yep. tier three takes a long time. Tier three and two take a long time because um, of the the ten by ten. I'll go ahead and give you the big. The big well, the ten by ten is in the tier three, but tier two is the pyramid too, which is which is a kind of a lot. Um, uh, tier, yeah, pyramids a little bit. Yeah. So those ones take a little bit longer, and that's like two. It, it's like an hour and a half, two hours. That's with stretching and stuff as well. So yeah. like, don't think that you're also still doing stretching and cooldowns and stuff. That's kind of combined. So I would walk out in tier three. Probably took me like, um, depending on the day, some of them I did quicker than others. Um, between I would bill it off an hour and a half to two hours for cooldown, warm up, stretching, cooldown, stretching, everything like that. Um, an hour and a half to two hours. Once you know the program, first day you do it probably a little slower just because you got to like look at what you're doing and then go to it and do it. But once I kind of had it down and I was just kind of doing it, it goes quicker than that. And then I'm, you know, into month four, uh, the time drops down again because it's, it's less reps and yep. uh, less sets. Yep. Yeah, it's bad. And it, yeah, it, like you said, the later, once you get past tier three, uh, yeah, I would say how long you think for those, some of those strength workouts, probably, probably an hour you could do uh, those workouts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, especially, yeah, some of them are even even quicker than that, the ones with supersets and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sal says, I ship July 4th. Oh, that is patriotic, dude. Talk about being a patriot. Yeah, yeah. That is super patriotic. Dude. I'm surprised um, there. I said that before I even read his second part of the, the sentence. Uh, sure, the you did. Dude. Yeah, yeah. We believe you. Okay. Um, what billets are there for. 13 Fox and Yusasak besides regiment. Uh, um, so uh, do you know, Daniel, I, I guess I cut you off. You can answer. I might be dumb, dude. Cause I'm like, what is a billet? So essentially he's asking where else can you go as 13 Fox in special operations? Mm. Yeah. He just Googled I, I, billet. I can see it. On, I can I feel did. it. He just Googled I did. <laughs> I did, dude. I, dude i'm too dumb for school honestly but uh Mm. uh, no but yeah so i would say you know i talked to an sf guy about the type of mos is actually an interesting point uh that um you guys probably want to verify this but uh from what he told me uh sf i guess you can verify this too but i think they take everybody every mos and they kind of make them fit where they need to so um no, is it specific? So when you, but if you do SF, they they change your MOS. Yeah, it's, it's something like that, right? Yeah, so that's not a billet for a thirteen fox. 
this is gonna happen so, SF so yeah it's a little different in sf because they kind of like transition you to you know a different mos to do something specifically for your team um but they do have 13 foxes attached so a buddy of mine is actually a 13 fox and he actually was attached to a group for a little while um and you can also get over there you know sj tech and stuff like that so you do have attachment options to groups but it doesn't necessarily make like you're not sf when you do that you know what i mean you're attached to sf like you're a support for sf but you're not really sf um that and then they have the new thing and i'm spacing the name um it was like the biggest the hot newest hot thing um when i was getting out that was like a new special operations unit but it's like special operations a support unit um but they are still in special operations so really none i guess is my answer for the most part like regiment is the best career track for 13 fox into special like, operations yeah i agree with that hands yeah, down um there are other yeah. attachment options and there's some other options if you can get a jtac qualification which you're only going to get through special operations so it, it's kind of you can be attached but the only place you're going to feel like one of the dudes with the guys is in regiment um yeah and i've worked i've worked with sf and jtacs and obviously Mason, Mason, don't apologize. He says, sorry, we use that term in the rings. You're fine. He's just not, he's not the brightest sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. That's, yeah, that's a fine question. But for the most part, yeah. Regiment's going to be your best track into special operations. Um, there's other attachment options and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a forward observer, um, I would go, go regiment if you want to be in special operations. But there's also the option, obviously, to be the radio guy uh, in a team as in SF and stuff like that, which is qu sort of similar. And I've taught some of those guys how to call for Friday before. Um, but a lot of times they'll have someone attached to them to do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. It, in my experience, the the Ranger JTACs, super, super solid. And we've said this before, but um, if that's your goal, like, again, that is that is a route, dude. Sorry. Gabriel Gutierrez. SFAB. That's what it is. All right. Um, that was the other new thing when I was like getting out. Like, everyone forces? wanted to be no. Is that what that is? No, it's S S F A B. Yeah, security force assistance brigade. Oh, but it's not security forces like Air Force MPs. Yeah, so it's like a. It's weird. I don't know. It's like a support unit. It was like the biggest thing when I was I was get out. Um. Well, they got they got different color berets too, dude. We're just handing out. All the yes, berets. they do. They I think they have a a tab too, actually. Um, no, over there well. thing. Um, not as well, dude. Gabriel Gutierrez says trouble with confrontation, but really want to get into soft advice. Um, Gabriel, you mean confrontation with like other people or like confrontation like conscientious objector? I think you say confrontation with other uh, with other people. Um, uh, trouble with confrontation, but really want to get into soft advice. That's a hard. That's a tough question. Because um, really, it's hard to be a good leader in soft. Like you can be a private and kind of avoid confrontation, but it's really hard to be a good leader. Um, you, yeah, you almost have to learn how to be a bully in some ways because like people will test you. So you have to learn to kind of, um, it's very in a, in an environment like that, it's very much pecking order. And if you are a subordinate, sometimes you test the waters and stuff. So when you get in a leadership position, you have to carry yourself a certain way. You have to, it sounds it sounds uh, primitive, but like you have to assert dominance in some way. So you have to be comfortable with confrontation. And, and, you know, if you go through, we always talk about this, just show up, don't quit. And and just keep, you know, you'll learn that stuff as you go, because you're going to eh, trial by fire. Right. Like you're you'll you'll get more comfortable with it. You know, I, I would say in a lot of ways, I, I was an introvert definitely early on in my life. Um, and going through that definitely made me more comfortable with confrontation um and you could also pick up martial arts i think that helps with uh confidence like in the meantime you know learning kind of how to how to defend yourself so you know if somebody got silly like you could sit them down if you need to um so 
that it always helps yeah for me i was thinking of um not in terms of bullying your subordinates but but actually defending them um because there's a bunch yeah, of times no, where great. i had to go in and yep. you know confront people that outrank me because they're about to get my dudes in trouble i i'm gonna mm-hmm. have to go in there i have to take that heat round. i gotta take that for my dudes because one when they screw up it's on me anyways but two yep. like sometimes a first sergeant's gonna bring a hammer down on a private who made a private mistake and he's gonna just just shatter that dude's confidence unless i go in there and handle that situation and then deal with it myself because i know how that private operates or i know how he how he learns or how he like what reinforcement to give him when he does something wrong or right things like that and a first time it's not going to know that because he doesn't really know everybody you know by face and who they are and how they act so um yeah just confrontation is just going to be one of your skills like it's going to be a tool in your toolkit You'll you'll learn because, like um, I said, I was an introvert. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I've told the story. Sorry, sorry. I told the story about um, there was a drunk guy one time. Right, he was a drunk staff sergeant at the time. I was a corporal, and I had uh, I was running off the dental, and he kept showing up and like harassing, belligerently harassing uh, my private. And and uh, my private called me, and one of the times between when he walked out, and I said, when he comes back in there, I want you to get me on the phone with him. And so, um, you know, when he handed him the phone, he's belligerently yelling and things like that. And I told him, I was like, I was like, look, man, I, I don't want to go above your head with this. I, you know, you're, what you're doing is messed up right now. You need to leave. And that worked right for a little bit. And when I showed up, he was again, drunk. He was, uh, he was with somebody else was like holding him back. And, uh, he was like, so angry he was like you know when some people get so angry they're like crying they're like crying and (laughs) angry crying uh he looked like a psychopath dude he's out there like yelling and stuff and i was like i walked in i was like i walked into the secure area and i was i told my runner i was like i don't know what's about to happen but i might get in a fight (laughs) and it was it was that's what it took dude It, it it sometimes you gotta get uncomfortable with people and advocate for your dudes or there'll be other dudes trying to come in and telling your dudes what's going on even at your same rank and you got to pull them aside and be like hey man those are my guys you need to you need to leave these guys alone i got this right so uh there will be confrontation a lot especially in a in an environment like special operations where everybody is um is an a type and you know the 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 atmosphere in general is you are all fighters in a sense so you know, people are just going to be testy. They're going to be uh, sometimes irritable and, and you're going to deal with confrontation. It's going to happen. Yeah. And and like he says, he says uh, it's more of he stands up for his guys. It's more of an arguments and altercations. You know, there's also something to be said about someone who stays calm. So it, it depends on like yeah, when you're great. confronted with confrontation, um, you know, as long as you're not like shutting down at the confrontation, like if you don't want to fight or argue or whatever, that's fine. You can be calm. And like that can be a, a good way to diffuse the situation and still like get your point across and things like that. But yep. I guess my issue would just be if you if you kind of crumble when confrontation is is set before you, that would be not ideal. And that would be something that I would recommend you um, try to work on, honestly. And it's not something that you can't learn. Like it's it's not a skill that you cannot learn. Every skill can be learned. You can, you can learn how to deal with confrontation better. You can learn how to deal with those situations. So it's not something that's going to lock you out. Like I would say, don't ever join special operations. Um, we're just saying it would be a skill that you would need to learn. And you would need to learn, like I said, it's a tool in your toolkit, when to use it and when not to use it. Um, that's a great point because um, a lot of people don't know how to have confrontation without elevating it. Yeah. Right? Uh, you'll learn a lot in, in special operations, especially. You learn how to have confrontation constructively because at the end of the day, you all got to work together. So, you know, does it get out of hand? Yeah, there's times where that happens. But um, for the most part, you'll learn how to you learn patience. You learn a lot of patience. And okay, he's absolutely right. Calm demeanor is the best way to go. Calm, but, you know, getting your point across. Uh, definitely learning how not to elevate things beyond like how can you communicate what needs to happen? How can you be even assertive with that point without being without personally attacking people, you know? So get your point across, let them know that it's about the welfare of the team or the mission or whatever it is without it being a personal attack. That That is a skill that you have to learn to develop. 
Yeah. And just not getting pushed around is huge too. Um, yep. Cause I know there was times where someone was in charge of me and I got kind of screwed over cause they wouldn't stand up for me cause they didn't really care. And then they didn't want to argue with someone else. So then I was on worse duties because of it, even though it's not on my fault. Um, but yeah, it's, just, and it's a skill you can, that can be learned too. I mean, it's like I said, like, it's not something that's going to, you know, follow you around forever. You can learn all these skills that you need to know, and you will learn a lot of these skills. Um, you'll learn them even through RASP. Like they, they'll put you in leadership things. They'll, you'll have to argue with people about in a squad of everybody trying to be the best person in RASP and get selected. All of you are going to be put together to do one task and someone, everyone's going to want to be the leader because everyone wants to be a leader. That's why they're there. And you have to be able to get your point across and discuss and work with those people while there's going to be some dudes who are going to argue and think their idea is the best no matter what anyone else says and things like that. So you'll learn those throughout, you know, RASP and even, you know, getting into to regiment and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. All of you, all of you guys have it in you. Uh, every single one of you. People are adaptable and we adapt to the stress that we're put under, right? And 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 I mean that by constructive stress, right? So um, you go through these selections, you go through these experiences you will adapt to it, um, you know, make it a break. It'll either make you or break you, right? A lot of times, like some people, yeah, it does. But as long as you have the mindset of no matter what, I'm going to keep showing up, it, you'll keep making it and you'll keep adapting and you'll grow. Constructive stress, is that what we're calling it these days? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I got no more questions on my end on YouTube and it has been an I, hour. So we got to hit a couple on yours. I feel like someone rolled in. Cool. Um, we got a couple here at the end. Can rapid fire a couple before we get. Yeah. Let, let's hit, let's hit one more. Um, that's good. Cause there's only one more question. The rest of these guys are responding to. I have five weeks. Uh, one of which is going to be at the honor Hill FTX before pre rasp. What should I be doing till then? Um, James, you want to hit this first? Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, um, doing as much as you can in like your off time because Honor Hill FTX is the OSIT like final little field problem they do right for the the eleven Bravos. Um, so realistically, just kind of one soaking in all the knowledge that they're going to teach you. So like there's one thing about battle drills they haven't changed in like 70 years so like you're gonna learn the proper battle drills at osit and you need to make sure you're retaining all the information i, I say this all the time focus on where you're at so when it comes to the knowledge like learn and focus on what you're being taught at each level because they really will build on each other so if you really really understand the basics of those battle drills and you memorize the battle drills um because you know the whole point of this is doing it without thinking you just react respond um if you can put those into your mind and kind of cement those there initially, you'll know the basics of it. So when you have to learn a different version or adjust a plan, depending on what the enemy is doing, you'll be able to do that a lot faster. If you really, really, really retain and know the information and learn all the basics where you're at. So when it comes to knowledge, focus, focus, focus on what they're teaching you. Um, they're, you know, NCO 11 Bravos. They focus on what they're teaching you and us it. Um, in terms of fitness and stuff, I would do probably a little bit of extra in the barracks, you know, work on that, the PT improvement and things like that. Um, you know, stay a little yeah, bit, fit, stay active, uh, when you can, um, other than that, you know, you could always, you know, try to learn, uh, Ranger Creed and all that stuff too. In addition, you know, if you want to get a, take a break from your infantry stuff, um, get a Ranger handbook to Ranger Creed, some, some of that stuff. Um, luckily for you as an 11 Bravo. Anything that you read from the Ranger handbook and all that stuff is just going to help you in OSIT as well. So you kind of all of that information is coalescing for you and going to be the same across the board. Um, yeah, a little different for obviously other MOSs, but as an 11 Bravo, you learning that stuff is just going to help you in the long run. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And like you said, on the fitness side, do your push up setup drills, you know, your two minute push ups, two minute setups, do one of those, take two minutes break, do one minute push ups, take one minute break, another one minute. And then do four 30 seconds with 30 seconds breaks. Run if you can too. I don't know how much yeah. uh, time you have to do that, but that always helps too. Yeah, if they give you if you, they give you the space and will to do that, yeah, definitely. D's nutty um, says sponge mode. What is it? He said sponge mode. Exactly. Sponge. Yeah. So for real. On. Because yeah, especially with you, you know, being uh, you know, infantryman, 
like you said, all that stuff is very relevant and, and you want to repetition, beat that into your head and it's only going to make things easier for you. Uh, okay. We call it. Um, yeah, I guess so. It is. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty late. It's 1035. Cool. <clears throat> um, so guys, thanks for joining the live stream. Uh, had a lot of fun on this one. Uh, be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com. We have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. Also, go, go check out our other informational content, podcasts, and things. Um, for you guys, training uh, on our programs, uh, keep killing it. We love the updates. Uh, again, I want to I want to hit this because I put out this post over and over. Go get some. Uh, go get a picture of you. Go get a post of you. And uh, tag us, make us a collaborator. We want to start featuring you guys more on the on the Instagram, especially. So, uh, you got anything else for him, James? Adventure Seeker says he's a Chuck. I did a podcast with a Mortarman, Seth Arn Finley, a couple weeks ago. Go check that out; it has a ton of great info. Um, but other than that, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Have an awesome Fourth of July. Enjoy some fireworks. I will be doing that as well as maybe a couple beers for those of you who are uh, of age. Um, but have a good patriotic weekend. Um, enjoy it. Yes. Happy fourth guys. Let's go America, dude. Uh, happy fourth. And I hope you guys have a great weekend and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good one guys. See you guys.